Welcome to Vision Insights, a podcast series produced by Miami Lighthouse for the Blind and Visually Impaired. My name is Cameron Sisser, and I'm proud to be your host to this podcast series. Beginning today and continuing through the next episodes, we will examine issues and concerns facing the blind and visually impaired community. We will explore new developments in health, education, and technological progress benefiting the blind. And we will introduce you to some very special people who teach us every day that it's possible to see without sight. In this episode, we will introduce you to Miami Lighthouse for the Blind, its mission, and two key people instrumental in growing the organization to new heights. Joining me today are Miami Lighthouse President and CEO Virginia Jacko and Board Chair Charles Nielsen. Virginia is our visionary leader running Miami Lighthouse for the Blind since 2005, and Chuck has been actively involved in Miami Lighthouse for over 35 years and has served in various leadership positions, including a previous term as board chairman. Chuck is also president and chairman of Nielsen Hoover and Company. Thank you both for being on our inaugural podcast of Vision Insights. Miami Lighthouse is a true homegrown phenomenon. It began with a vision promoted in the 1920s by two blind women, Dolly Gamble and Helen Keller, who enlisted the Miami Lions and Miami Rotary Clubs to form the Florida Association of Workers for the Blind, which would later become the Miami Lighthouse for the Blind and Visually Impaired. Can you both tell us a little bit about the beginnings of Miami Lighthouse and what it means to have such strong roots in our community? Virginia, why don't you start us off? Our venerable mission was started by people that today there are schools, roads, buildings named after those very famous individuals like Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, Mrs. Charles Brickle, Mrs. Harry Firestone, and so many other people that the women had garden parties to raise the money so that the blind and visually impaired could practice their braille, have purpose, have a place to go. And that venerable mission has not changed over the more than 90 years of service to Miami's blind community. Chuck, and you've been involved for over 35 years. Would you like to share anything other than what Virginia added? Well, I think that, uh, you know, of course, you know, my introduction to the Miami Lighthouse for the Blind was, uh, you know, was very casual. I, uh, you know, our family had donated to the um, School for the Blind and Deaf in St. Augustine, and uh, it was, you know, our privilege to do so. And I think it's a wonderful organization that also do a wonderful work. But it was the, the, the distance between Miami and St. Augustine uh, mandated that basically I was, you know, had the privilege of donating, but didn't have the privilege of participating. So I virtually went to the Yellow Pages, I guess, at that point in time, it was Yellow Pages, not the Internet, and was looking for an organization here in Miami that might be uh, addressing the needs of the blind because I felt like I would like to, in addition to, you know, having the privilege of donating, have more of a hands-on, be part of the process if that were possible. I looked up the address and one day just wandered into 
what was a small house where now we have this huge campus and met an individual by the name of Vernon Metcalf and uh, a wonderful individual. And I think that he had people come in and out. So my uh, coming to the lighthouse didn't seem to be a momentous occasion for him, but he was polite. And I said, listen, I would like to be involved. And he, of course, he welcomed me and I continued to come back. I made donations and uh, you know, continued to come back and little by little became involved. And I have to tell you that what I experienced in my initial visit and what I am experiencing on a weekly, daily, monthly basis now, it is difficult to define. As glib as I would like to think I am, uh, it is impossible to describe what has happened over those some 40 years since that time. And we have taken advantage uh, as an organization of the tremendous opportunities that we have. And we've done it through some very skillful administrations, some very dedicated donors, some very dedicated uh, board members. And, uh, you know, as we've pointed out, it's a matter of of, of, of taking the opportunities that we've had and providing a much better world for the blind. When I uh, walked in there in 1987. Chuck, tell us how many individuals uh, were served at Miami Lighthouse when you first came compared to how many we serve today. Uh, that year, we addressed the needs, I think, of 464 blind individuals in South Florida. We are now addressing the needs of over 25,000 a year. And it's just remarkable what we've done. And I am privileged and so grateful to have the opportunity to be part of the organization. Thanks, Chuck. You, you've got to be proud of what you've accomplished as, as being part of the board. And I never knew you found Miami Lighthouse kind of on a whim like that. So that's, that's really amazing. Virginia, You've served as president and CEO for over 17 years. The story of how you achieved this position is very inspiring. Can you share that tale with us? I was a client of Miami Lighthouse. What does that mean? I lost my eyesight late in life. I relocated to Miami so that I could get the skills I needed to lead a productive independent life. Miami Lighthouse was the first private agency in the United States back in the 70s to rehabilitate adults for mainstream integrated competitive employment. For three months, I came to Miami Lighthouse every day. Simple things like, I want to be able to cook oatmeal cookies again for my husband, but safely. I wanted to learn Braille, even though I must confess, it's like a foreign language, use it or lose it. I would never read a book in Braille, but I definitely know when I get off the elevator at my condo and I touch the Braille, I know when I'm on the wrong floor. I learned computer technology. People that are my age began using a computer with keystroke commands, it was called WordPerfect, WordStar, and I learned that a blinded engineer took those keystroke commands 
and created with keystroke commands a way to interface with the monitor to in essence query the monitor to say, you know, go to the internet, go to my Outlook, read all, um, save the document, all the typical commands that one would need using Microsoft products. I learned how to do that. In fact, at the time I had a little bit of vision and I was, you know, peeking at the monitor and my instructor said, Virginia, stop looking at the monitor because with your eye disease, someday you will not see anything. You need to learn how to use a computer without looking at the monitor. That was so foreign to me. Today, Miami Lighthouse provides consulting services to ensure that the blind have access to what's on the monitor. Thank you, Virginia, for sharing your inspiring story. Miami Lighthouse prides itself in our job readiness program to find the blind competitive mainstream employment. What advice do you both have for companies who are interested in employing the visually impaired and how can these companies benefit from having an integrated workforce? Well, I think, I think, first of all, the most important, uh, you know, the most important thing to understand is and the thing that I've come to understand and, and frankly, the thing that, that, that never ceases to inspire me uh, after all these years coming to the lighthouse is just how well, how, you know, effective uh, the blind uh, can be. And, you know, I, I can give example after example, whether it's uh, in the guise of IT, though, uh, in the music side, in, you know, just the daily functioning that, uh, you know, that, 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 that byline that we have, it's possible to see without sight is something that I've learned to take almost literally. So there are so many things that the blind can do. Listen, I'm amazed at the, the IT skills that the blind have. I mean, far beyond what I have, of course, that's not saying an awful lot, but it, I mean, they are at, at the cutting edge of, of competitiveness with the site. When you can have someone who reads Braille, can work on a computer as effectively as a sighted individual can work on a computer, or as Virginia pointed out, you know, she wanted to have some of the basic skills that she had had prior to her uh, uh, going blind, such as baking cookies or just caring for yourself, doing the things that we take for granted are all part of many professions or jobs. There are folks without sight who work in restaurants, who can cook, IT, professional musicians. It's just amazing. And I think that, uh, you, you know, as long as I have been at the Lighthouse, I still am just amazed at the skills that these folks have. Right, Chuck. I, I really think you hit the nail on the head. And I know Virginia, under her leadership, has formed a number of partnerships with some major organizations in town. Virginia, maybe you'd like to share a little bit about those and, and what our clients are doing to uh, succeed in those careers. The Beacon Council community ventures is to help the more or less disenfranchised obtain employment. 
And as part of that, the president and CEO of the Beacon Council, who was on our board, who regrettably very recently passed away, but when he was head of economic development for the state of Michigan, he also was concerned about the disenfranchised being employed. And he brought to Miami a program he started in Michigan called Miami Community Ventures. Through Miami Community Ventures, the relationship that the Beacon Council has with industry and Miami Lighthouse's ability to train one of our clients with the technology that is needed. One example, a banker from Venezuela came here about five years ago, and unfortunately he had a surgery that did not go as well as it should have, and he was nearly totally blind. He came to Miami Lighthouse, learned technology, and he now is working for Florida Blue and a very successful job placement because of the collaboration with Florida Blue, the Beacon Council Community Ventures, and our Miami Lighthouse Job Training Program. Cameron, I want to back up a little bit because when you asked me about becoming CEO, one aspect of that training when we say it's possible to see without sight, I had that trademarked because I personally learned, for example, with a very strong financial background, I wanted to be able to see a balance sheet, read a spreadsheet. And when my instructor taught me using screen reading software, how to read each one of those cells, that for me was an aha moment that told me you can be successfully employed with a very strong ability in the area of accounting, finance, etc. And I think sometimes it amazes people whether I am talking about financial statements, including talking with my CFO, or whether I'm doing a PowerPoint presentation it truly is, with proper training, possible for a blind person to see without sight. And employers need to understand that. Too often when employers, and you know we all talk about DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, and I've called some companies and talked to them about hiring people, including, let's go back to the debates back in 2000, was that Cameron? When we had the candidates here for the presidential debate and on their websites, they talked about being inclusive. None of them had a website that a visually impaired person could read. So website accessibility is a commitment that Miami Lighthouse has made regardless of the industry regardless of the type of employment, in order to help the blind and visually impaired be employed, accessible websites, accessible business portals are very important. I'd like to switch gears for a minute. Our understanding of the causes and conditions of blindness has grown by leaps and bounds over the years. How has Miami Lighthouse diversified its programs 
to respond to this evolving medical and educational knowledge. And I'd like to particularly single out cortical visual impairment and what we're doing here at Miami Lighthouse at the forefront of that issue. So cortical visual impairment is the most misdiagnosed, the most overlooked visual impairment among the pediatric community, among pediatric patients. And I happen to serve on a national planning committee and experts from around the United States were talking about various eye conditions. And at the end of the day, it troubled me that none of them were talking about CVI, cortical visual impairment. When I brought that up, the silence was almost deafening, but to my delight, the National Eye Institute shortly thereafter made their second priority in their strategic plan, cortical visual impairment. I spoke with a pediatric ophthalmologist at the Bascom Palmer Eye Institute who serves on our board. And he said, Virginia, when I was in Vietnam and there was a lot of uh, bombs going off and it affected the brain and the connection with the retina with adults, veterans. But now in the pediatric world of eye health, it is a condition again, whereby typically it could be shaken baby syndrome. It could be premature births. It could be a baby maybe left unattended, not breathing. It could be cerebral palsy. But why is it misdiagnosed? It's because it is not a vision, V-I-S-I-O-N impairment. The retina, the eye is functioning. It is a visual, V-I-S-U-A-L impairment. It is how the brain is interacting with the eye. And we have a child now in our second grade. When that child joined our program as a two-year-old, that child was able to be a braille reader, but through our CVI expertise, that child who was diagnosed at three months as a child that would never read, that would need to go to a special school for the blind, that child is completing our second grade, reading print at grade level and ready to go to his community second grade. That is the transformational impact our trained teachers of the visually impaired can make for children with cortical visual impairment. We had an article in Forbes magazine and just today, I got a phone call from a couple in Tokyo. They are on assignment, military assignment in Tokyo. And they saw this Forbes article they were describing to me their child and how the school system doesn't understand. And could they come to the United States, get one of our functional assessments so they could bring that assessment back to Tokyo so that their child could get 
the learning intervention necessary to be able, more or less, I'm going to use in very simple terms the way I think of it as the brain reconnecting with the eye because of the techniques. I truly believe that our CVI initiative in collaboration with the medical and education professions is uh, one of our most innovative programs we have going on right now. Chuck, is there anything you'd like to add to that, what you've observed on the board level with, with this new initiative that we have, the CVI Collaborative? As Virginia said, I mean, I think it's, it's something that is, is, you know, remarkable. I mean, we're, we're, we're pioneers in this, you know, this area and, and, and for all practical purposes, we are the folks that uh, have begun to provide for those with CVI. And, and more important than that, just to make it something, to make that condition something that not only parents with children who have vision-related issues, but even ophthalmologists aware of and that there is a treatment and there is a, a way to address it. And, you know, it's not just the CVI with the children, but one of the programs that, 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 that I just think has had remarkable results that relate to the children. And it's not, uh, you know, it's obviously not the same condition, but there are so many children out there whose lives are, are, are negatively impacted because they don't see well. And they live in homes where parents don't have the financial resources to actually take them and get the vision checked and to provide the necessary corrections that they have to have to function on a normal level. And through the HIKIN program, we are addressing the needs of thousands, literally thousands of children who are sitting in classrooms who are doing poorly because they can't even see the board. And the difference it makes through our vans and through the hiking program, we address the needs of these children. We provide eye exam, we provide the glasses. Their lives change as dramatically, in many cases, as the life of a child who has CVI. So, I mean, it's a different situation, but it, 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 it accomplishes at the end of the day the same thing. And the fact that we are addressing and changing the lives and improving the lives and giving an opportunity to literally thousands of kids through the hiking program. And now our efforts in the CBI program are going to grow. So these are areas that uh, of opportunity that the lighthouse has taken advantage of. And, and, you know, as we talked about opportunity before, I don't think that the executive staff and the wonderful staff of the Lighthouse has missed many opportunities. I mean, as an organization, I will tell you that sitting in the bleachers, and it's been a great privilege for me to do it all these years, uh, the Lighthouse organizationally is, you know, if you want to put it on an A-plus basis. And of course, as I've said before, it's not only, you know, my assessment, but anybody that looks at and analyzes a charitable organization would say the same thing. So uh, very, very grateful that we are involved in the CBI. And as I said, always been grateful for the fact that we have the hiking program for the children in addition. 
Thank you, Chuck. That's very uh, meaningful, and it leads us to our final and most important um, question I have for both of you today. Miami Lighthouse, we pride ourselves in intervening in the lives of our families, serving over 90,000 program participants from babies to seniors and their families. Chuck, can you share with us one of these examples that you have witnessed over the years that really affected you? Listen, we could, th- this could be a very long podcast because over the years now, uh, you know, I don't have my notes in front of me, but, but you know, let's just take an individual that, 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 that we recently have talked to, Jonathan from Venezuela. Here's a young man, uh, native of Venezuela, of Venezuela, lost his vision from a brain tumor. The physical, emotional, financial toll was devastating, but he was determined to thrive in his new country. He was referred to the Miami Lighthouse by his doctor. He had no idea how he would ever use a computer, a mobile device, or find employment. Miami Lighthouse, in collaboration with the Florida Division of the Blind, helped him to learn Braille, screen reading, software, and much more. The result is that Jonathan Jonathan was recently hired by Florida Blue as a service advocate, where he works from his home office. Now, let me, that, I mean, that's just one, uh, one story. I mean, we, we, we see them all the time. And one of the things that we are doing in our board meetings is we're having patrons from the Lighthouse who have come to the Lighthouse explain to the board and tell the board how the Lighthouse has changed their lives. In other words, in other words it, it, it allows us as board members to really understand why we're sitting there in that meeting. And it's not for organizational functioning. It is because we are making such a difference. And then, you know, you can go on. I mean, my Lord, the music program that we have is world-class. I mean, uh, we had, uh, uh, Silvio has uh, entertained us a number of times. And here's a story of a young man who without the lighthouse and without the music program, would not have had the opportunity. And he's performing at a high level at this point in time, but you could go on and on and on. Stories that just touch your heart and the staff that we have is remarkable. The Blind blind Babies Program, no one could possibly sit there with a mother and, and and, you know, in the Blind Babies Program, you have to understand that we are involved in the home, in teaching parents who have had children who are blind, how to, you know, deal with many of the issues. And these are real world issues that people face that the Miami Lighthouse has been instrumental in changing the lives positively. I mean, this could go on for hours. There's so many people over the years that I have had the privilege of meeting and seeing and as I say, you know, I've never walked out of that lighthouse without feeling horribly inadequate after seeing what folks have accomplished under the difficult circumstances that they have. And by the way, Virginia Jacko being at the top of that food chain, it is remarkable. And uh, I, as I've said so many times, am grateful for the opportunity to be there and to participate and uh, to have the privilege of being inspired every time, you know, I come. Right, Chuck. Many of our uh, program participants look up to Virginia and Virginia, is there one 
program participant or someone that you would like to share with us about, you always say that there's somebody here that will be the next president and CEO of the Miami Lighthouse who's blind and visually or visually impaired. Well, when we speak of Silvio, he's only one example of a transition student, a teenage student. That student addressed the board at our last board meeting. He said he began going to Miami Lighthouse when he was about 18 months old. And now he is receiving the University of Miami Presidential Scholarship, a full scholarship for four years to attend the Frost School of Music. Right now, Silvio and his mother, uh, with help from Miami Lighthouse, is going to be traveling, spending seven days in California for the National Braille Challenge. And I just hope, I cross my fingers, I say a prayer, that Silvio is the National Braille Challenge winner. He certainly right now is a finalist. These are examples, if the only disability is a vision impairment, and going back to our tagline, it's possible to see without sight. And then when one adds to that, the training that Miami Lighthouse provides, and following just the journey of Silvio, there are so many other, whether we're talking about a Virginia Jackal, what would I be doing if I didn't have Miami Lighthouse when I lost my vision, a very successful executive, a person with a very strong administrative skills, financial background, but through blindness in many scenarios would remain without purpose. And what we give to Miami Lighthouse and what Miami Lighthouse given to me is purpose. And everybody must have purpose. Whether it's a senior that has spent much of their time home with family, but needs to have purpose, needs to come to our social group activities program. So through purpose, Miami Lighthouse provides the purpose the hope, the confidence, the independence. And we do it because of the support of the Florida Division of Blind Services, the support of the donor community, people that believe in our most venerable mission, like our chairman, Charles Nielsen. Wow, Virginia, what a way to end our first podcast. Thank you, and thank you, Chuck, for joining me on Vision Insights. I invite listeners to join me for future episodes of Vision Insights when medical professionals, educators, and other experts will explore in greater detail many of the subjects and concerns that you both raised here today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for the opportunity. You are listening to Vision Insights, a podcast series produced by Miami Lighthouse for the Blind and Visually Impaired. My name is Cameron Sisser. I welcome your questions, comments, and suggestions about this podcast series by contacting me at C-S-I-S-S-E-R 
at miamilighthouse.org. You can also follow us on social media by searching on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or Twitter for Miami Lighthouse. Vision Insights is brought to you by lighthouseshop.org. Do you or do you know someone suffering from vision loss? Visit lighthouseshop.org for all your low vision needs, from magnifying glasses to solar shields to talking watches. Lighthouseshop.org is there for you.